0: Well, for those that are here today, if you don't normally get an outline, sometimes they are not as beneficial today. uh, It is going to be beneficial to have that, uh, especially if you uh, can't keep up and turn to every passage, and that's fine if you don't. I will read the majority of the texts I use in full, uh, but if you're going to a a 45-minute seminar on how to uh, fix an engine, you'd probably want something like this, uh, and that's going to give you all the information that you need to go back and look up. The topic that we're talking about today is, is, for many of us, is a repeat, so it's not uh, a lot of unusual information. But for some, because we're all varying, and uh, we've got some that are at different states now, we're talking about death. And we're going to cover some basic facts about death. Um, I don't know how many of you guys have known people recently who have passed away. I've had a few recently where I work where we've had um, people die. And there's an awful lot of unusual ideas about death, some misunderstandings, misconceptions. But people are constantly asking questions, and it's not new in this generation. I'm going to start off with a question asked by Job, Job 14, 14. If a man die, shall he live again? People have oftentimes wondered that question. What happens when we die? Where do we go after we die? That has been in all ages where people have had some type of a hope uh, for an afterlife or to live again the Pharisees they did believe in a resurrection the Sadducees didn't same today many religious groups believe in an afterlife or living again somewhere many do not and so we've seen many of the same issues and thoughts that we had uh, not only even within the Old Testament but also within the the church there were a lot of misunderstandings even amongst Christians on what would happen when people die and so Job's question is a good one but there's many many other questions And so I'm going to try to break this down. I do know that I will add one or two verses. One of them literally just came to me right before I walked up here, so I jotted it down. I'm going to tell you to mark it down. Job's question was really good. Again, if a man die, shall he live again? Well, the Bible can answer that for us, but Job, he actually knew that he would live again. Let me read to you Job 19, verse 25 and 26. He says, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at that latter day upon the earth... And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Job had a hope and a confident belief that he would live again. He wasn't the only. Let me give you just a few from the Scriptures that had this same type of hope. David's answer, Psalm 23, 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Paul had the same confident hope. He says it this way in 2 Timothy 4.8, There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Again, we can look throughout the scriptures and we can see many who had this confident hope. The same hope that many of us today as Christians have. Now, when we begin to talk about death, for many of you, if you know me, death is not my favorite subject to talk about. Uh, and it's not because I don't have an understanding of death. Uh, death creates a lot of hurt for individuals. And so I struggle, and, and my family could tell you, I struggle with the concept of death. Uh, when I do funerals, I, I am impacted by that person's death. I struggle even giving funerals. For many people, death comes across that way. It's scary. It's not so much scary for me. I understand it, I accept it, but I realize the pain that it causes. There are a lot of people that worry about death, and partially because they have a misunderstanding of what occurs when one dies and and what happens to the soul. For many people, they have a misunderstanding in the totally wrong. opposite direction is they think everything is fine because they have a misunderstanding of what the Scriptures teach. And so in both of those situations, there is widespread ignorance. And I would go so far as to say the majority of people that we know are ignorant on the subject of death. One of the reasons is is because we honestly do not like to talk about it, and it's actually refrained from even being spoken from quite often from the pulpit. I don't think we've addressed this in quite a while, maybe in Bible studies. I will say this. When we get done with this sermon today, anybody here, if we struggle with or if you're struggling with, I will put together and we'll, we'll add this on after the marriage study and do a, do a death study. As much as I dislike the topic, I'm more than happy of putting all that stuff in, into a diagram and PowerPoint because you, you might need to have that done. Again, a lot of people struggle with this, so what we're going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to go through here and give you a real quick, under the subtitle there, or the title there, All People Die. We're going to cover some real quick basics, and then what I'm going to do is actually break that down into additional points and try to explain how that relates. Okay. Let's look at some very quick, important questions. What exactly is man? Listen to 2 Corinthians 4.16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, that's my body that I got here, right, my physical body, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Now, if you go and get some type of a book by somebody written with a Ph.D., and they're really scholarly, they will say man is born or has a dual nature, right? He has a physical nature, he has his body, and, and that's his outside body. And then he has his inward uh, spiritual nature, which is his spirit or his soul, and they'll use some really big words. What we need to understand is, is we have a physical body, which is the transport system for the soul which is in it, at least while we're here on this earth, okay? But that's only why we're here on this earth, and we have this understanding that at some point, we're not going to be here on this earth. So then the question is, is, well, we have some understanding about the body and the soul, but what's going to happen after? or at the point when I die. Well, what exactly is death? That's the next question. I understand what man is. I've got a body. I have a soul, and the Scriptures teach that, but what exactly is death? Well, death is a separation of the body, and it is when the inside, the soul, leaves the body. So the body stays here because we know that the body cannot inherit, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, right? So we we can't go to heaven in this physical body That's a whole other sermon that we've talked about. But the two are separated. And James explains it like this in James 2.26, For just as the body without the spirit is dead... So there's the dual nature. We each have that. We have a body. We have a spirit. Just as it is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Those two are together until one dies. The physical body then will be separated from the spiritual. Here's the question, then what exactly happens at death? Listen to what Solomon teaches in Ecclesiastes 12:7. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Let's break that down. So we, ha- we have bodies that are dual in nature. I have a physical body, but I have a spiritual side. And when I die, that body will return to the earth or to the ground. We've all been to funerals, right? That's what happens. But the spirit returns to the spiritual realm. That's where a lot of the confusion and hard parts for people to understand start to take place. They understand death. They understand that that body and the soul are separated, and they understand even what happens to the body. What they don't understand is the spiritual side of what happens to the soul. Does the soul actually live after death? A lot of people would say, yes, it does. Some people like uh, atheists or humanistic uh, type people, they would say no, it it doesn't. Many religious groups have different ideas about what happens to the soul at death. Uh, Some say that it goes into a really deep sleep and it just slumbers and stays there. Some say that it actually completely goes out of existence and what you have right now is humanism. What you have right here is here and when you're dead you're gone. And that's all that you have is this right now. Then others would say no, I think there is a soul and I think something does happen with it. But it varies and the opinions are all over the place. The Bible, however, goes back and does say, yes, we have a soul, and the soul does live after death and forevermore. Over in Matthew 17.3, I'm going to point something out here real quick, and then we're gonna, we'll look at the passage here in a little bit. But over in Matthew 17.3, we begin to read about the account there with the transfiguration. And I'm going to point something out, and I want you to think about this very logically. Moses and Elijah are there, and they are... Talking to Jesus. Think about this for a second. Moses, who's been dead, what, 1,400 years, died there on Mount Nebo. Elijah, who didn't die at all and was taken away in a whirlwind, standing there with Jesus and they are having a conversation. Where did they come from? How did they get there? Obviously their souls didn't go into a deep sleep or they'd still be there. Obviously, they weren't annihilated when they died, or they wouldn't exist at all. Somehow they are there, and they are speaking with Him, and then all of a sudden, they are gone again. Where did they go? Where did they come from, and where did they go? That's a good question. Very good question. majority of people probably don't even think about that. What exactly happens to the living soul at death? In Luke 23, 43, Jesus tells this, thief who's dying there, listen very closely, I assure you today you will be with me in paradise. Where's paradise? What can we know about paradise? I will tell you most people have a misunderstanding of paradise. Paradise is not the final reward, guys. And I'm going to touch on this in detail. But I know that because three days later, listen to what Jesus says to Mary Magdalene there in John 20, 17. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father." But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father and to my God and to your God. Peter actually quotes from Psalm sixteen eight, which is referencing Christ over in Acts two twenty seven, And this is what he says. Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Now here's what's interesting. We know that Jesus, that word there, actually is the... Uh, The word Hades, uh, in the King James Version, it's translated as hell, but it's not what we think of hell or what most people think of hell. Hades is its own little place. I'm going to cover this in some detail here. We know that Jesus had gone there, and notice again, Jesus was gone. He says, I have not yet ascended to my Father, but He went somewhere. And the Father is in heaven, but Jesus says, I haven't done that yet. So Jesus went somewhere, but it wasn't heaven. Well, we learn here as we talk about the verse talking about Christ, that He was in Hades. Hades, that is where the soul goes at death. There is a Hadean realm. The Hadean realm is the area of the unseen dead. It is the area for spirits to go. And again, I'm going to to try to explain this a little bit better. Uh, But if you will, go ahead and turn to Luke 16. Let's go ahead and just read. Now, most people who do not like what I'm going to say or disagree with what I'm going to say, We'll say, well, you know what, Uh, we have here a parable of a certain rich man. Okay, let let me point out two things. First, parables always teach truth, always. Second of all, I don't believe this is a parable. We have specific names being given. I believe this is a very specific account. Uh, But in either situation, your argument falls flat on its face because parables always give 100% correct, accurate information. And then second of all, I don't even think this is a parable. But follow along with me as we learn about the Hadean realm. This is where the spirit goes when it dies initially. And it will stay there until the judgment. And I'm going to prove that to you as I give you some more verses and break it down in subpoints. But what do we learn about this rich man? There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and he fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. Let me pause. You guys notice how clear this is on the people involved? I don't think this is a parable. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Okay, we now have a name there of where he's going. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, that word there, Hades, that is not some people assume the word hell automatically means the final uh, destination for torment. That is not what that word means. And in Hades, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, or the word there, hell, also a Tartarus. We'll break that down here in a minute. Being in torments, and he seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. So they're in two different areas. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed. So they that which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. All right. We get some understanding about the Hadean realm, and I'm going to break it down here a little bit more. But there is an area when people die where when people die, their spirit goes. We see that it is an area actually made up of comprised of two different areas, and there is this great divide in between. Okay? However, Hades is not the final home. Hades is where spirits go when people die, the Hadean realm. But it is not the final home, and that is because there is, still a resur- there is still a resurrection and a judgment to come and take place. Okay, listen to John 5, 28 and 29. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear His voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation there will be a sending off to where you're supposed to go based on how you lived your life. You're in the Hadean realm in one of those two areas, which we'll address, and then at the judgment, you're then going to go to where you are supposed to go. Okay? You may say, there's an awful lot involved in this. How in the world am I supposed to get it all understood? Well, we do know that at the judgment seat of Christ, every one of us will hear our eternal destiny. And so as we're in that Hadean realm, and we then have the judgment take place, Matthew 25, 46 says this, "...and these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but righteous into life eternal." So again, I'm in the Hadean realm, but then at the judgment, one's going into punishment, one's going into eternal life. Let me break this down and as we relate the world that we're in and the process of dying and show you how it correlates to the actual spiritual world. Let's start off with our physical world. That's the world we live in. It is our natural world, it's our physical world, and the Bible starts off at the very beginning talking about how the whole earth and everything came to be, how it was created, including man. Genesis 1-1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was created, but the earth will not live forever, as there are some even within the churches of Christ now teaching. There will be an end. It was created and it's also going to be gone at one point. Second Peter 3.10 The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. It will be no more and it and it won't be needed because we won't be here. People will not be on this earth. We're going to go somewhere else eternally and we're... We're going to talk about that here in a minute. We really have two options. But while the earth is here, we have the choice of whose kingdom we will be in. And that choice we make here is going to carry over into the, into the afterlife. Let's talk about the two kingdoms of our physical world. First, there is the kingdom of Satan. Listen to John fourteen thirty. Jesus says, Hereafter, all, I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh, And have nothing in me. The kingdom of Satan is the world. These are the people who do not live by the word of God. They do not accept our king and master as their king and master. They do what they want, when they want, how they want, and they're in their own little kingdom. Okay? That is the one kingdom uh, in this world in which the majority of people are in. I'll touch on that in a second. But there's a second kingdom, and the second kingdom is the kingdom of god now the kingdom of god is seen today in the church that christ built in matthew 16 18 jesus says and i say also unto thee that thou art peter and upon this rock i will build my church and the gates of hades hell shall not prevail against it now in verse 19 he tells peter that i'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom i'm going to build this kingdom this church, and I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. The apostles, as a matter of fact, it's reiterated to all the apostles, they had the keys to the kingdom. Well, the kingdom, we actually learned, is the church. And how do you get into the church? What opens the door to the church? The gospel. And they were going around preaching and teaching the gospel. And we see that the kingdom actually comes into effect here in Acts chapter 2. That's when the church was established. People were added to this kingdom. Listen to Colossians 1:13 and 14. Notice again this is past tense. Paul says, "Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son." That's the kingdom that Jesus said, "I'm going to build my church. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom." It's a spiritual kingdom. You can't see this kingdom, right? The church is all across the entirety of the world, and when they go underground, you can't find them but they're still part of the kingdom because they submit themselves to the king. He says, "...in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins." These people being talked about in this kingdom are those that have redemption through His blood. These are Christians, faithful Christians. We're not talking about a physical kingdom. Jesus made it very clear. He said, if if His kingdom was a physical kingdom, then would my servants fight? But it's not like that. It's a spiritual kingdom. And so there's two kingdoms in this physical world that we live in. There's the kingdom of Satan, there's the kingdom of God. And here's the scary part. You can move from one kingdom to the other. I can move, and we all have moved for the most part. There's a few, I'll give you an exception. Almost everyone has moved from the kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of God. Listen to Acts 2.47 praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church, that's the spiritual kingdom of God here on earth, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Those who obeyed the gospel, they were in the kingdom of Satan, but now they were moved into the kingdom of God. Okay, we see both kingdoms right there. Here's the scary part. People can actually move from the kingdom of God back into the kingdom of Satan. Okay, Listen to 2 Peter 3.17. He says, "...Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware, lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked..." Who's that? That's the people over in, in the kingdom of Satan. "...fall from your own steadfastness." So virtually everyone who is a Christian and who is in the kingdom of God, the church, came from the kingdom of Satan... Now, there are a few who either never achieved or had that opportunity or are unable to have that opportunity. And that's a whole different subject, but I can explain it this way. There are people who are in neither of those kingdoms, and they, may, they will never be in those kingdoms. It may be because they either died too young or because they are, they are mentally inca- incapable of understanding and learning the gospel. And when you, hear, when you talk about people like that, You know, we talk about people in the church as being saved. The whole idea of being saved is that you lost something and gained it, right? That's what salvation is. There are those who are unable to do that or will never reach that, and so they are safe. Infants. Infants have never come to the ability to be able to understanding and learn the gospel. You can't can't obey the gospel when you can't learn the gospel, and so if an infant dies, they are safe. You have those mentally incompetent. They can't understand it. They're, not, they're not, not saved, and they're not saved, they're safe. They're not accountable. Same as is there are people in that age of where they've not come to an understanding and they have not reached the age of accountability. Now, when people die before they reach that age, or if they are in that state, they are in this, the area there of being safe. They're not in the kingdom of Satan. They're not in the kingdom of God, yet they are safe. And when they are safe and they die in that position just as a faithful person, they don't have any sin to be accountable of, and therefore it is not held against them. And when they go to the Hadean realm, they're going to go to the area there of the faithful. Okay? So now let's begin to talk a little bit about the Hadean realm. Various translations cause some issues with us. The King James even being one of them. And so as you begin to talk about the Hadean realm, the word Hades there, it is translated as the word hell. Part of the problem is, is almost everyone you talk to, whether they, no matter what religious group they come out of, in their mind they think of the word hell, and they only think of the word hell as being the final ending destination for all people. And the problem is, is the King James translates a few different words as hell, but the word Hades there, actually the Hebrew word is Sheol, and it is translated as hell in the King James, but That word there, Sheol, the Hebrew, or as we see translated there in the New Testament as the Hadean realm, again, is a temporary dwelling place for the souls of those who have departed from this earth. The soul has to go somewhere, but it's not going to heaven. Not yet, but it's going to go somewhere. It is the place where they remain until the time on this earth ends and the final judgment takes place. Okay, I don't, in your mind, think of it kind of like a court scene. When somebody gets sentenced, um, they don't go straight to the federal prison. They take them back to the local jail. They wait there. They come back for their actual sentencing where they then say, okay, based on the fact that you were found guilty, you're now going to get X number of years. Then they take them to their final sentencing at the federal prison, right? Same thing here. When you die, you're going to go to the Hadean realm. You're already, you're either already vindicated or you're found guilty, but this is where you stay until the final judgment. And at that point, your sentence is going to be carried out. Okay, that's the easiest way for me to break that down. But again, the Hadean realm is comprised of two different areas. It's separated by a great gulf. One part of the Hadean realm is a temporary resting place for the faithful dead. It is called Abraham's bosom, Luke 16, 22. It's also called paradise. That's where Jesus told that penitent thief they were going to go over in Luke 23, 43. That is one side of the Hadean realm. Most people, again, think paradise is heaven. Paradise is not heaven. It did not refer to heaven there or the permanent dwelling place of God. Listen to John 20, 17. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. So wait a minute. Now, when Jesus tells the penitent thief they're going to paradise, but He says, I haven't ascended to the Father, where did they go? That's the question. They went to the Hadean realm. Which section of it? Abraham's bosom or paradise, okay? That's the, that's the good area in the Hadean realm. That's where we want to go when we die. Abraham's bosom or paradise. We don't want to be on the other side of the divide in the area that is, the Greek word there, Tartarus or the place of torment. That's where the rich man went. Listen again to Luke 6, 23, 16, 1623 as it's described. And in hell, that word there, Hades, he lift up his eyes being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, that's why it's Abraham's bosom over there, and Lazarus in his bosom. All right, Luke's talking about Tartarus here, and this is the Hadean realm of torment. You've got Abraham's bosom, you have the area of paradise, but you also have the area of torment. Okay, That is therefore, and you may not have ever heard this, but that is therefore sinful uh, men whose souls have departed and for wicked and or sinful angels. Listen to 2 Peter 2, four, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, that word there is Hades, and delivered them into the chains of darkness, notice how long they're going to be there, to be reserved unto judgment. They're staying there until judgment takes place. When did, when did I tell you earlier that people would stay there till Judgment takes place. The souls of, of people will be in the Hadean realm until judgment. That's what he says is going to even happen here for these wicked angels, the angels that sinned. Everyone's going to the Hadean realm. That is, everyone that's accountable is going to this Hadean realm, and even the unaccountable or the mentally incompetent, they're going to go to the Hadean realm. They'll be over in this area, the faithful in, in paradise, Abraham's bosom. Everyone else is going to be over in the area of torment, and they are reserved there until judgment. Let me point something out. I would, Write this down. Write down John 3, 13. Sam saw me writing real quick on my lesson is right before I even walked up here. You hear people all the time, right? Joe, uh, let me use a name of somebody not here. Scott. Scott just died, right? Oh, he's in heaven with God. No, he's not. He's not. I hear that all the time. I even hear it from our brethren. Right? We get on Facebook. Mamma died. She's up in heaven. She's an angel. No, she's not. Angels are created beings. People never become angels. But we even have our own brothers and sisters in Christ saying stuff like that, posting it on Facebook. Oh, they're in heaven. No, they're not. They're in the Hadean realm. Listen to to John 3. I'm going to read verses 12 and 13. And people are like, I can't believe Sean said that. He just said people, when they die, they don't go to heaven. Here's what Jesus says. If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not... How shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven... Who's that? Even the Son of Man which is in heaven." Let me ask you a question. If everybody goes to heaven when they die, where's Moses? Where's Elijah? Jesus says, No man hath ascended to heaven. Virtually every church you go to says, Oh, when you die, you go to heaven. No, you don't. And Jesus says you don't. You also don't become angels. That is, that is just bad theology that's crept into the church, and it crept into all these other religious groups. When Jesus says nobody's gone to heaven, you can pretty much you can count the bank right there, he, nobody's gone to heaven. They've gone to the Hadean realm, and that's where Jesus went with the thief, and that's where we find with the rich man and Lazarus. All these people are in the Hadean realm, okay? and they are there until there is a judgment that takes place. I can assure you nobody's gone to heaven yet. Let's talk about the judgment. One judgment comes at the end of time. I've already told you that the earth is going to be destroyed. So at the end of time, there will be a destruction of the physical earth. And at that time, there will be a judgment. Hebrews nine twenty seven, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. All right, people are going to die, and they're going to continue to die. They're going to die, and they're going to die. And we've already showed you their soul's got to go somewhere. There's a Hadean realm, and in that Hadean realm is the area of paradise, and there's Abraham's bosom, and there's the area of torment. And I've already showed you that place is where they will be reserved until the judgment. Paul in 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Did he say just the Christians are going to be judged by Christ? Nope. Everybody. Everybody will be judged by Christ. That everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Again, this isn't in your notes. People are going to say, okay, wait, am I being judged? What's the standard? Write down John 12, 48. I didn't put that in your notes because we all know it here. You're going to be judged by the Word of God. Whether you're a Christian or whether you're not a Christian, you're accountable. That goes for everything. So, all people from Adam all the way till the very last person, whoever that is, who dies. They're going to be in that Hadean realm, either in paradise, Abraham's bosom, or in torment, Tartarus, and they're waiting the judgment at the end of time. And again, there's a lot of confusion. Who's going to do the judging? Well, we've already shown you that it's going to be Jesus, but listen to John 5.22. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. And then a few verses later in John 5.27 "...and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man." That judgment is going to be a time of formal sentencing. right? But make no, make no d- doubt about it. You're already in the Hadean realm. You're already awaiting your final destination. Your destination's already set. Don't think for a second that God and the judge, Christ, don't know whether you died righteously or unrighteously. That's known the very second your soul leaves your body and heads to the Hadean realm. And so your location, even though the formal judgment has not been passed, your location is set. Listen to Matthew twenty-five thirty-four. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you, from the foundation of the world. So wait a minute, they haven't inherited their their final destination yet, but they're waiting. Where are they? They're in the Hadean realm. But when the judgment takes place, there will be those who will inherit this place prepared for them. We're talking about heaven. Matthew 25, 41, Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. The places have been repa- they've been prepared, the final eternal destinations. In the Hadean realm, you're in that spot, you're waiting, but your sentence is already given. And Jesus makes it very clear that you're going somewhere. So let's cover the two final destinations. We've already talked about Abraham's bosom and paradise, and we've talked about the area there of torment or Tartarus. Let's talk about the two final destinations. Okay, Heaven. Heaven's the final destination. That's the final destination for all of us who are righteous. And that's for all dispensations of all time. Whether you died as a patriarch, right, Job, am I going to live after I die? Of course you are. Where are you going to go eventually? Heaven. Uh, Those that lived under the law of Moses, am I going to go somewhere when I die? Yep, yep, you will. And the final resting place will be heaven, okay? Christians, am I going to go somewhere when I die? Well, if you're faithful, yes, and again, that resting place is going to be heaven. If you're unfaithful, it's a totally different place. But there is a place that is waiting. Listen to John 14, 1 through 3. Jesus says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Let me stop again. Remember when I said Jesus, I read from Jesus. Jesus says, No man has ascended to the Father. Nobody. They're all in the Hadean realm. And they're going to stay there how long? Well, until the judgment takes place. But He says, I've prepared a place for you. That's how I know Hades and heaven, the Hadean realm there, that's how I know that's not a final destination. Paradise is not heaven. Because Jesus says, I've prepared this place. It's waiting. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. You see what's taking place here? They're somewhere, but they're not in heaven. I will come again and receive you unto Myself, that where I am, there may you be also. Those in paradise, Abraham's bosom, Jesus is coming back. He's taking them. They're going to go, and we're going to go to heaven. That's the final spot, okay? Peter actually confirms there is a place called heaven waiting for us. 1 Peter 1.4, he says, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. If it's reserved in heaven, we're not in heaven. People aren't in heaven yet. And that's because, as we've already shown, the judgment hasn't taken place and it is reserved for us. Our sentences have already been cast when we die, but it is waiting for the final judgment. The official court seemed to play out. I'm not going to go back. I wish I had time to go back and review Revelation chapter 21, 22. But heaven is a place that you... And if I would have read Revelation 21 and 22, I would have ended up crying. Every time I read, I, I cry here. I don't know why. Because there's no place like heaven. There is no place like heaven. You look at the descriptions, there's no sin, there's no curse there, there's no sorrow, no pain, no separation, there's no darkness, there's no death. Constantly and continuously in the presence of God, that's what's awaiting us. There's nothing like heaven. But here's the thing, the majority of people don't go to that place. And anybody watching this right now is probably like, did he just say what? Yeah, there's only very few people going to go to heaven. Matthew seven thirteen and 14. I'm going to actually go over to 7, 13 and 14 in a minute, but also 21 and 22. Very few people are going to go to heaven. So they're going to go somewhere, but it's not there. So let's cover that place now. The word hell, Gehenna, that's the word used for the area of torment and permanent final resting place for people. Hell, the final and eternal place of punishment for the wicked, for the lost, for the disobedient, whether they are angels or whether they are the souls of men. And this is the place where virtually everyone goes. In Matthew seven thirteen and 14, Jesus says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Where is He talking about? Well, the, the final destination of that destruction is hell. It is Gehenna. He says, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. What what kind of life? He's talking about eternal life here. And few there be that find it. There's life there because you have the the tree of life there. That's a whole other sermon. I wish we could talk about that and have time too. But Jesus makes it very clear. Very few people are going to heaven. Because very few people go to heaven, very few people go to paradise or Abraham's bosom first. The majority of all people go to the area of torment. And after the judgment, they leave the area of torment and they go to the area of hell. Okay, The place of punishment in the Hadean realm is Tartarus. The place of punishment after the judgment is Gehenna. It's what we actually call, and I think what most people in their mind think of as, hell it is the second death according to the scriptures and that is because the first death is a physical death the second death is a spiritual death let me give you just a few verses regarding this eternal place of permanent permanent torment that we call hell matthew 10 28 i could give you a lot of verses i don't have time for that matthew 10 28 and fear not them which kill the body but are not able to kill the soul but rather fear him which is able to to destroy both soul and body in hell. Nobody wants to be in this place eternally that we call hell. Matthew 25, 41, "...then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels." Well, it's not just the devil and his angels. It's all who follow after the teachings and the desires of the devil... It's anyone who lives within the kingdom of Satan. And that's why I touched on that when I first started. Revelation fourteen eleven, And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, who worship the beast in his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. I wish we had time. We covered Revelation 14 in great detail some years ago. But as we go through and you look at all these verses, my point in just picking these is, is hell is a horrible place, and nobody wants to go there. Right? When you get to this place called hell, there is no more hope. There's none. There's no hope for anybody there. It is a place of darkness, eternal punishment, eternal pain, knowing you are separated from the love of God the Father. And what's even worse is, as you know, you will be there forever. And while there isn't anything bad in heaven, there is nothing good in hell. It is the worst of the worst of the worst. Many of you have probably heard someone say, you know, th- this, is, this is like a living hell. You have no idea how bad hell is going to be. It is bad. I, can't, I don't even have words to describe how bad it is. It's bad. Bad, bad. It's just really bad. And so our eternal destination, it's determined at our death when we enter into the Hadean realm. And we understand the body goes into the ground, but the soul is going somewhere. The soul goes to the Hadean realm. We've already covered that's the area reserved until judgment. If I'm found faithful when I die, that doesn't mean I lived a perfect life and didn't sin. It means when I sin, I repent of it, I turn back, and I'm faithful again. When I die not in that, in that state, I go to Abraham's bosom. I go to the area of paradise. And when I die unfaithful, I go to this area of torment there in the Hadean realm. I will stay there, and I'm reserved there until the judgment takes place, at which time then I will go to, if faithful, continue my journey to heaven. If found unfaithful, I continue my journey to hell. And you may say, what kind of people are in hell? Sometimes good, decent, moral people. People that never obeyed the gospel. People that were never taught the gospel, and so they didn't know how to to live as faithful followers of God. It's to those who were lukewarm, those who were erring, those... There's all kinds of people that go to hell. And they're not always bad people. Some of them are people going around saying, but Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and do all these wonderful things? And he says, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. And they're going to be shocked to find out that their final destination is hell when they were religious. Religious, but in the wrong group. And so you've got people in hell who are going to be shocked to find out. And here's the thing, guys. Death comes to everybody. There's no way to avoid it. I wish there was. Uh... I often say, I'm not scared to die. I just don't want to go yet. i got stuff I want to do. Uh, and so I'd like to be around longer. But here's the thing. You can walk out and get killed by a bus or flip a car over on the highway. or You just never know. You just don't know. We can't avoid it. Nobody wants to go to hell. Everyone I know wants to go to heaven. God wants you to be in heaven. Christ wants you to be in heaven. Faithful Christians want you to be in heaven. Does that mean everyone will go to heaven? Nope. Lots of people have never obeyed the gospel. Some people have obeyed the gospel and won't live according to it, and those who have never obeyed the gospel don't know how to live according to it anyways. But the gospel tells us how to become righteous and remain righteous. And when you do that, your destination is paradise, Abraham's bosom, and then at the judgment, on to heaven anything else, any other religious group besides the church Jesus built, or no religion at all, you go to hell. Or if you're unfaithful in Christ's church, you're still in that group. So we break it down this simple. There's some very basic things about death that we can know. We will die. We know where our body goes. We know where our soul goes. Where our soul goes initially in the Hadean realm determines where our soul will go after the judgment. The Bible tells you how to avoid this horrible, wicked, the worst thing you can imagine place called hell. And if you're here and you're not a Christian, I will tell you right now, and I don't mean this meanly, you are on your way to hell. Anyone watching this online, if you've not obeyed the gospel, not what I tell you is the gospel, what the Bible says is the gospel. If you've not obeyed that, you are on your way to hell. And I don't care if you're a good person or not, that's where you're going. That's not my opinion. That's what the Bible teaches. Good people will go to hell. You need to obey the gospel. Every conversion account shows the same thing. They heard who Jesus was. They believed. They had faith, Hebrews eleven six. Jesus says, if you don't believe that I am He, you're going to die in your sins, John eight twenty four. They understood and knew who Jesus was. They knew why He came. They understood that He built a church, Matthew 16, 18 through 20. That church was the kingdom of God. The only way to be added to that church was to obey the gospel. The gospel talks about who He is, why He came, the dangers of sin, the consequence of sin. So they understood who He was, why He came, the church. They repented of those sins, Luke 13, 3 and 5. They confessed Christ with their mouth, Romans 10, 9 and 10. They were immersed in water for the remissions of sins, Acts 2, 38, 1 Peter 3, 21, Mark 16, 15, 16, Galatians 3, 26 and 27, all the verses that people don't like. They obeyed the gospel and they were added to the church, Acts 2, verse 47, By the Lord Himself. They are now in the spiritual kingdom of God. And they are to remain within that kingdom and be faithful. And when they die within that kingdom as faithful residents of that kingdom, they go to paradise and then heaven. Anything and anyone else, you go to hell. And so I am lovingly encouraging anyone watching this who's never obeyed the gospel, please do not do not die in that situation. And if you, if you say, I don't know enough, I just don't know enough about the gospel to obey it, ask me. Write us, email us, find a local church in your area, and a faithful church of Christ, and ask them, how can I obey the gospel? Because it is very clear there are two areas set up, and we want you to go to heaven. As I draw this to a close, if there's any way we can assist you in any way, you can come forward as we're letting in a song of invitation.